was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And it is episode 29. Hey. And we're back to talking a lot of stuff. Just a lot of things happen, which is funny because we didn't have anything to talk about. Now we have a lot to talk about. We have stuff like uh, what did Kanye West reveal? Uh, some verses in Peloton, some Coinbase type stuff, crypto type stuff. Moose, how are we feeling about this episode? Yeah, the the crypto space is exploding. It's hot right now, so I'm excited to dive right into that and expand on it. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly... The stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So let's talk about this review of the week. <laughs> Shout out to Incredible Three. That's what I'm talking about. I got the thank you for having a really good name, even though it's uniquely spelled. See, I can't even talk already. Y'all already messed me up. All right. This one says. My weekly branding blueprint. I listen to the Nikki and Moose podcast weekly at the gym, and it's taken my business and branding knowledge to the next level. Can't thank y'all enough for the consistent gems. Much love, praying hands. Yes, wow. I said the praying hands. Yes, emoji I said that. Too. You know what I mean? You got you to <laughs> give love emoji to the emoji. There too. Gotta Let's give go. love to the emoji. Anyways, uh... Like I said in the intro, we have a lot to talk about, but we cannot start this podcast without uh, giving our condolences and love. The day that we recorded this, we just found out that Black Rob passed. So rest in peace to Black Rob. Of course, we're still mourning the loss of DMX. Really dopeness, though. His... uh memorial or whatever is going to be in the Barclays. That's oh, really wow. fire. I'm talking about that's the MX. Uh, that's really fire. Cause that means that's going to be huge. Yeah, that's going to be yeah, super, big. super huge. So, and it's going to be streamed everywhere. Um, so I think that's pretty dope. I don't think there would be any other place to recognize DMX except for the Barclays. I don't know yeah, if Yonkers has something, but definitely Barclays is a really of. good thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but rest in peace, Black Rob, for sure. I was playing uh, Woe earlier. I was like, man, that was, classic. That was classic. such a vibe. That's such a classic hit, man. That, was that is such, a classic hit. Oh, man, there was such a vibe. And I actually had to find a clip to post on my Instagram just a simple thing. He was like, yo, I'm I'm Black Rob. Like, all I can be is me. That's how I got to where I was is by being me. I was like, I think we just overanalyze the simple parts of success. 100%. Just a simple 100%. 100%. Parts. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking just little, like, I, I don't even look for deep bars no more. I think if you could tell me wake up, I'll probably highlight it, like. 
How did you get successful, yeah. Diddy? I woke up. Mm. <laughs> oh! mm. Wow. <laughs> Crowd goes wild. You yeah. mean, yo, yeah. but I'm just saying. Anyways, okay. Enough with the, the uh, bad news kind of vibe. Let's talk about uh, Kanye West, right? Let's talk about how he revealed the him and Gap logo. It is finally revealed. Mm. I don't know if I was supposed to, like, expect something different. I don't know. I don't. I'm not really sure. Okay, you combined the, the Gap and the Yeezy, and it says Y-Z-Y uh, in the Gap kind of vibe. The when Gap is look the... with the Yeezy, right, right. With the Yeezy letters. Yeah. Um, when are you dropping, sir? Or ma'am who's in charge of the Gap or whatever, who else is involved with this collaboration? You signed the ink for like 10 years. Are we waiting Another year? Like, what's happening? I'm not... Mm. I don't... Will you buy Yeezy Gap? You know, I would. I'll be honest with you. I, I will try. Let me say that. I but I, I just don't know. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I just don't know that, like, the streetwear community, the hype beast community is going to be all over that. Like, I already know. I don't know that there's going to be a, a, a supply that, you know what I'm saying, that's going to allow people... For it to be a regularly worn type of thing. That's what I think. I, think I like the, the first, story behind it. I think the first yeah. couple of releases it will. I think it will have a lot of hype in the first couple of releases. Now, if they can uh, really take off on those first two, three releases and they come out with some uh, limited, doesn't even have to be heat because some mm-hmm. of his shoes aren't heat. Like, he came no, out with real. foam slippers that sold out. Like, I don't know. Com- uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. You ever see those wave say, runner things? Those. Yeah, yeah. Did I have. You see the- I've seen them. Yeah, those. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, not my style, but they sold out. And it's like, you almost, like, those people who have it is, like, in this cold prestige club kind of vibe. So I'm yeah. like... I don't know what to expect from a Yeezy and Gap collaboration, but if they play their cards right and they look at the blueprint that Kanye has already done with the Yeezy brand, I could see this being part of the hype beast kind of vibe and it's selling out and there'll be lines in the Gap uh, and Gap stock will go up. You were talking about it earlier, like, man, I wish I would have held on to... yeah. The Gap stocks. I never had it. Um, I just, as much as I love Kanye, I don't know if I can trust him in an investment. Mm. Well, you don't think like he has the consistency for an investment or, or what is it? I just don't feel, I don't feel comfortable with it. I don't know. I feel like if he has a bad day, um, the stock could go down. Um, I think it's just, I I need to see consistency with Kanye rather than necessarily the gap for me to invest in this particular thing. But that's just me. That's That's just me. That's some good feedback. I mean, 
That's, That's just some me. Good feedback. But uh, shout out to Kanye. Because I do love Kanye. I just want to know when this finally drops. Thank you for dropping the logo. But I just want to know when this clothing, headgear, blah, blah, blah kind of thing comes out. That's all. Uh, but let's get into some uh, sports kind of vibe, right? Sports kind of vibe. But, of course, we're, I think the, today is going to be about investments. I, I, I have yeah. this vibe. I, I yeah. feel it, right? Um, yeah. For my uh, audio listeners on the screen right now, we have reports. Alex Rodriguez and businessman Mark Lore, I think that is, finalizing a $1.5 billion deal to buying the Timberwolves and Lynx. So, um, let's, let's have an honest conversation. Let's have an honest conversation. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, is this a distraction from the breakup. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> Alice Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez are no longer together. And we were rooting for them. We were really, I really, really was. rooting I for really them. Was. I'm a huge, I just want J-Lo to finally have the love, period. Um, but it's almost, it's almost like, okay, we broke up, but look, look what I did. Hello. Right. Um, <laughs> and I did something really big. Like it's not it's not even small flex. That's not a right, small flex right. to to have ownership of a one point five billion dollars like deal into it. That's not a small flex. That's not like a I'm in the gym working out after my breakup kind of vibe. Right, right, right. That's a, a no, I'm about my business. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Mm. Bye. Like, even <laughs> though I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm talking mess. Don't mind. Like, we we saw all the reports. They're better as friends. Blah blah blah. They're going to keep the relationship of the business stuff that they started together. Blah blah blah. All that great stuff. I'm not, I'm not saying blah 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 to like downgrade it, but however. I love how this breakup did not affect Alec Rodriguez money or brand or anything bit. at all. Not one bit. At yeah, all. Not one bit. That's maturity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, that was the part that I thought even from the breakup as a whole was kind of cool. Like they separated, but they were like, you know what? We're going to keep our, you know, partnerships still intact. They had gone into business and pool their money on several different things. So I'm like, that's cool. Like, that's a new example of, okay, we can part ways from one part of our relationship, but we can keep our business stuff separate, which is good because I don't think many people, you know, have the, the discipline to do that because it's like once you, once you mix pots, it's a wrap. So the fact that they did that, I think, was really good. Now, A-Rod, on the other hand, A-Rod is uh, definitely... <laughs> definitely in a, in a unique position right now with, with the way he's moving. Now, of course, I imagine with a deal like this, it wasn't just like, oh, broke up with J-Lo yesterday, bought the team tomorrow. 
<laughs> I'm sure the negotiations were happening for some times. It just so happened that it got revealed, you know, right in that time frame. But, you know, they almost, the crazy thing is they almost brought the Mets together last year. Really? I don't know if you knew that. No. Nah. Yeah. Him and, him and J-Lo were in on a deal to buy the Mets last year. Well, look at that. And it didn't go through. <laughs> you would say that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so. welcome, Nikki. There it is. Emmy, um, but what I will say, here's my, um, here's my, conf- not confusion, but we went over how LeBron got the Red Sox thing, right? So now right, we're talking right. about basketball going into baseball. Now we have baseball going, going into basketball. basketball, right? Yeah. I'm like, do we not? Do do we not want to do what we love? Do we want to, like, is there more money on the opposite end? Do we value more of the opposite sport than the one that we put, like, blood, sweat, and tears in? I'm kind of confused. That's weird mm. to me. Ah. Um, however, then D-Wade did the opposite of what I just said, and he bought into the Utah Jazz. Major that was, yeah, that's a major that deal, was too. Major. That was yeah. major. Um, so shout out to you, D-Wade, even though you're not going to watch this. But, you know, I'm talking to you. I think you're amazing, and I think your wife is amazing. Your whole family is amazing. But that's not the point. Kind of is. Uh, you can come to Nikki and Moose at any time. I'm just saying. Anyway. No. <laughs> For real. Pull up, but, D. Yeah. But um, I, I love, and, and we're bringing this up because I love the fact that you're taking athletes, even Marshawn Lynch uh, did something. He bought his Oakland Roots, right? That's what it's called, Oakland Roots? Yep, okay. something like that. Some, something like that. He bought a team as well, right? And it just shows that, okay, life as an athlete is not forever. So we have to kind of get our foot, not just in the typical uh Let's be a broadcaster, you know, let's be on the side and, and announce everything. And they're doing it in a whole new level of ownership. They're mm-hmm. doing it as far as let me get a seat at the table instead of you picking the players. Let me pick the players as well. Let me help yeah, in the yeah. management. Let me do. So I, I appreciate uh, players like LeBron, A-Rod, D-Wade, uh, Beast Mode um, to do things and show other players this is possible. Because I bet that people on their their teams, whether it was old teams, new teams, new uh, new players that are just like, yo, he was one of us. He put the same uniform on. He went through the same mm-hmm. training all that great stuff, you're saying that after this, I have the ability to, if I play my cards right, to be an owner and not just a worker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, my tables my, are definitely turning. Yeah, my salary isn't just limited if I put the uniform on or not. I don't have to only worry about endorsement deals. Like, so... I like that standpoint of what 
some of these athletes are doing and even the conversations that they're having with it. And I'm, I'm wanting to get your take on it yeah. because I know yeah, no, you I, were like bringing it up and I was like, how do we spin this? Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it because I mean, from one side of it, it's showing the maturity of the players, right? Like they're starting to see themselves beyond just athletes and really saying, okay, that's one part of my career. It mm-hmm. was my playing career. Now I have a whole nother part of my life I get to enjoy. Because in either sport, baseball or basketball, for the most part, you're going to finish in your mid-30s. If you really think about it, in your mid-30s, in any other profession, you're just reaching your stride. So that can, that can mess some people up because in one side of it, your, your career is ending. Yep. But in another world, if you allow yourself to explore, your career is just starting. So I love that people are now exploring. So we see D. Wade, even outside of just the sports industry, he also has some of his fashion stuff going on. And he's expanding businesses you know, outside of the sports world, now entered ownership with the Utah Jazz. Same thing with A-Rod. And he kind of dibbled and dabbled in a lot of places. But a-Rod's business portfolio stretches back to his playing days. Like there were some stories that were revealed that said that he went into the ownership of the Chicago White Sox, uh, or excuse me, the owner's office of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, I, f- I forget the guy's last name, Jerry. He's also the owner of the Bulls. He was like on the last dance quite a bit. Jerry, yeah. Right? Well, anyway, yeah. The owner of the Bulls and the, and the White Sox. But that he guy. went into his office <laughs> after batting practice, like while he was still playing, to get some advice from him around business. So I think Arod has done a phenomenal job in being able to build his relational network with a lot of billionaires. Like that's, that's the thing that people don't see. So I think it's cool to see athletes now stepping up to the plate and kind of, like you said, showing the pathway to other players who are still playing. But it's showing us that financial literacy is on the rise Athletes are more educated on how to utilize and grow their money. And then they're also stepping up to the plate in some of these spaces where they typically would walk away from because they just maybe want to live on a yacht after they retire and chill. They're like, nope, we're continuing, you know, the, the, the expansion into the ownership side of things, which I think is, is super cool. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how it pans out for them. And when LeBron is done playing... Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting because I know right now he can't buy a basketball team because he's still playing. So, for right. example, D-Wade's able to purchase, he retired. So when LeBron retires, you know, I think that's going to be definitely a different conversation too. But he could buy a baseball team? Yeah, because it's not in the league. It's like a conflict of interest thing. It's uh, kind of weird. It, it, yeah. Okay, makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. But yeah. something that you said that was very interesting um, that we hear common, but I don't think people really execute on it too much. It's like who you surround yourself with. Like, like mm-hmm. you just said, like A-Rod talked to a billionaire pretty much. Right. Yep. I believe that each of these athletes that have that conversation of how do I own a team or how to become part of that, like, they surround themselves with people who know that information. If you want to know something, you have to not just have so much pride and try to figure it out on your own, but as well as putting down that pride for a second and being like, okay, let me ask somebody. Let me Mm -hmm. follow them. Let me shadow them for a bit. Let me take them uh, out for for dinner or so and just have regular con- let me create this relationship so that regular conversation can be about my future 
instead of just my normal environment, right? There's things that when we surround ourselves with great people, that they're instantly going to give us new gems that we never thought was even possible to hear because we didn't surround ourselves with it because we didn't know what to ask or what to say, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it just starts with a relationship. Sometimes it's just being genuine. Yo, you good? You need anything? Blah, blah, blah. You know, sometimes it could just start with that. So I believe that, you know, the surrounding yourself with people. It's funny. I had, um, I was on a Instagram live, uh, shout out to Donnie and Jeremy and Corey from, uh, uh, from the Instagram live, but Corey said something really dope. And he, um, he's one of the, the co-owners or founders of the support black college, uh, movement. Right. So he said, you know, um, it wasn't until I started chilling with Neo and and all these people in Atlanta because I was chilling, you know, I was just working, but I was chilling. But they helped me raise the bar as far as, you know, working and rewarding myself. Like I was just always in the just work, 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 work. But because of the people that I surrounded myself with, I realized that I could also have some of the finer things as well, right? And it was because of them, because of who I was surrounded by, I felt like I had to get this this new car. I felt like I had to sometimes buy these different things because they're living that kind of lifestyle. Now I'm not sitting here to say, everybody, hey, get some friends that are, you know, buying some stuff and get you a rolly. That's not what I'm saying. And if you do make a really good investment with the rolly, don't get the bust down one. But that I'm not saying that's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. Don't be like, Nikki told me to buy a Rolex. No, don't, don't, don't do that. But if you do buy two, um, but anyways, um, what I'm saying is whatever you, whatever your environment is, as far as friends, coworkers, associates, and things like that, is going to rub off. And if you're trying to get to a different level, you have to be in that environment. You have to ask the right questions. You have to um, put yourself in your own future. And then you will see that happen. If you play your card mm. right. Don't, let's That's a not, good bar. Yeah, let's put yourself not, in your future. I like I'm, that. I'm That's just a saying. bar. That's a bar. I I got bars, people. I got, I got bars. Let me stop. I'm playing. Anyways, anyways, let's get into the next joint. Uh, And I even, you know what I need to do properly? I need to continue to properly say this is the what's popping section, but I never do. But y'all already know this is clearly when we're talking about current events. This is the what's popping section, but it is what it is. I'll do better. Okay. I'll do better. But um, remember how a few episodes ago we talked about how uh, Versus was uh, got acquired by Triller and all that great stuff. Uh, Versus has now made another move with. Well, I'll just let y'all hear and see it. Swiss and Timmy here. And we're back on Peloton with brand new matchups. This month, we have two super producers. And two super great dressers. Who else? George Truman. Who you got? 
So, uh, first off, second, uh, Peloton and Versus. Nice little collab. Right. So, makes sense, at least for me. Maybe people were like, why are his Versus on this bike? Um, which I should be getting mine next week, hopefully. I don't know. Wow. This is like the longest wait. Shout out What's to that COVID. Been? Four months? Three months? Shout out, shout out to COVID because COVID has really delayed everything in life. Um, but it only makes sense for the simple fact that music and working out normally goes hand in hand, right? And the fact that uh, Swiss and Tim know this, why don't we partner up with the most trending equipment that is happening through this whole pandemic? We started in the pandemic. Uh, Peloton got busy in the pandemic. We might as well do a partnership because this only makes sense, right? Um, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to get mines to see what... The, I, that's going to be the first thing I do. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Mm. I'm going to find verses. I'm going to see this. And I like how they're saying it, it's going to be a new thing each month, right? So what what Versus has been doing is now they're getting more structured. We see a schedule, right? Uh, 420 is happening. So, of course, we're going to see Meth and Redman. And, yes, I will be talking about that in the next episode. Yes, I will. Um, because they have been improving. I don't know if you saw uh, the Ron Isley and the Earth, Wind, and Fire battle. Did you see that? Did you look at it? It was I too did. old for me. I did. I'm not, not going to lie. You know what had me <laughs> laughing? Uh just Steve Harvey's involvement in it is what kind of got me hooked on. I mean, I like Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm not going to lie. I like the music. I didn't know. I do. Really? I do. I don't know hmm. about the uh, the others, uh, but I do know Earth, Wind, and Fire. I think their music is cool. But I think Steve Harvey's involvement, you know, it kind of threw like a funny twist to it. So yeah. I thought that was, uh, yeah, that was dope. But I, I did. Oh, okay. But I, can't, I didn't know he liked Earth, Wind, and Fire. Know your friends better. You know what I mean? Know, know your <laughs> what? Um, but <laughs> I'm an old soul, man. I'm an old soul. <laughs> but um, the the point I wanted to bring up is they because of this Triller and versus collab, you could clearly see the brand elevating. So the with this one with the Isley and the Earth Wind and Fire one, even the Instagram stream finally upgraded. Had a little frame. It looked HD. The sound was better, right? And of course, when you get on Triller, it the the quality was amazing, right? So they're really getting busy with the experience and just bringing a whole new look to it because this was like it had the revolving uh, camera angles and everything like that. It, the quality was just amazing. I think. We're only going to see more from Versus. I think not only are they getting innovative with, you know, partnerships with like a Peloton, but even just from what they're, they've already built, like the quality can only improve. I'm yeah. like, like we said in past episodes, like I'm really interested to see what happens when the world opens up.
Vegas 100%. is going is either already or is going to open up a hundred percent, no mask, no nothing, um, wow. and allow concerts. Wow, wow! That right there is, um, mm-hmm, yep. Wow. That's 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 different. That I don't that's know. That's very different. Yeah. I don't know how comfy I will be going into a concert just yet. Like full blown, because they already have like a festival style ready. I saw wow. Meg The Stallion uh, talk about like a two day joint in Vegas that she's on, and I'm like, oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, just I've never been to Vegas outside of like work purposes. So I went okay. for a conference in June, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from what I know of Vegas. Mm-hmm. And you take into consideration the fact that people have been, you know, in their homes for over a year. Yeah. That's a, that's a crazy combination to mix. But uh, just as it relates to the concept with Versus and Peloton, very smart. Very but, smart. I, I, but I just want to see, like, because what's crazy, and, and shout out to everybody who's reading this book with me, um, it's the 22 immutable laws of branding, right? So they have this bonus joint that uh, was talking about how to brand on the internet, right? So mm-hmm. they said, if you're creating an internet brand, right, you, cre- you have the option of treating the internet as a business or a medium, right? Mm. And what's making verses so dope is that they're treating the internet as a business and not just a medium, right? Their whole brand is based off the internet. So now that the world is opening up, I'm like, is it a smart move to do like mini concerts and allow people in? And it's a hybrid kind of vibe where we're so used to versus being virtual. If they were to hone in on that with, with Triller and things like, I think I called it Thriller for like three times, but that's okay. Triller and what they doing with Instagram and everything and Peloton, like if they went and made it live, would that hurt or help versus where it is right now? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to help it. I think it's going to help it because, you know, one of the things that you consider like, so with the collaboration, Mm -hmm. they collaborated with a complementing brand or service. It makes sense, right? Like Mm -hmm. even on our last live show, we talked about, you know, the the importance of collaborating with things that are complementing to the business or the service that you provide, right? That, That is one of the easiest collabs to make. It's like, oh, you do this, I do this. We actually can do this together because we kind of need each other. So that makes sense. But then the other part of it is we also know that one of the important traits or characteristics of all successful brands and businesses is their ability to adapt with time. Yes. So right now, the fact that versus strictly an online brand and business and they're monetizing everything within this realm, mm-hmm. it makes sense because there isn't the need for outdoor spaces just yet or outdoor events. Mm-hmm. But once outdoor events become the norm, and we don't know when that's going to happen, but when it does, you know, prayfully we know that it's going to happen soon. 
when it does, the concept of online, yes, it'll work, but you got to adapt for, okay, now how do we create a live experience for, don't, for the people who don't mind going to a live arena with people you know, in, in close proximity? So I do think it's going to help it because it's going to be one of those adjustments that they make to pivot or adjust and adapt you know, to the times that, okay, now it makes sense to have the live experience for people to enjoy on. So I, I can see it helping, um, but who knows? Who knows? Because I, I, I think of it like, man, imagine the versus battle concept happening live. Like now you're not going to, let's say, uh, this person's concert mm-hmm. and they come up with a guest appearance. No, but it's both of them on stage at the si- same time performing their best hits just like they would, you know, on an Instagram live. So, so devil's advocate, right? Because even though I do agree, right? Mm-hmm. Devil's advocate is, how do I word this? So let's get rid of the versus thought real quick. Okay. You are a, uh, a manager, right? And now people are allowed to come into the location, but some aren't feeling uh, safe to go. So your meetings is half uh, live and half on Zoom, right? Somebody's going to feel disconnected, right? 100%. So does that help or hurt your meeting if part of your team is feeling disconnected because they don't feel like they're in the room? Yeah. So hmm. it's either... You either do a full-blown, um, and I saw Gary V talk about this, right? Um, he was going off on it. But, like, you either do a, um, a full-blown Zoom or a full-blown uh, meeting at the, the office. Right. So everybody's in line. Everybody's on the same page. You have the attention. Is that almost the same vibe when it comes to concerts that are going to be possibly uh hybrid when it comes to verses. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with festivals, they were, you know, they were starting to stream it on title and everything like that. And still you were like, oh, I wish I was there. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's not the same energy as if you were there. Like I went to, uh, Hot 97 Summer Jam, right? And that was such a great energy. Very tiring, people. Very extremely Mm. tiring. But uh, really good experience, energy, all that great stuff. I don't think I would feel the same way if I streamed it, right? 100%, yeah. So when saying things like that, do you still feel the same way? Yeah, well, so I'll, I'll put myself in like uh, an executive position at mm-hmm. uh, Triller or you know Versus. Yes. If I'm if I'm in an executive role there, I wouldn't do both simultaneously. What I would mm-hmm. do is if we're going with a live experience, it's strictly live, and we stream to international viewers, right? But then I would use the content piece of it to roll that out for people who are. Uh, in like in the states at a later date, 
So if you can't attend live, you're not going to be able to view it unless you're international. But afterward, then you would be able to watch it if you just were like interested, like, man, you know, a, a classic one. Let's, let's just say, because I've been wanting to Jay-Z and Kanye is like, right. oh, hold up. You know, I got to see this even if it's not live. Right. So I would roll that out after. But to your point, because, yeah, while it's a similar example, for just for it to fit the context, if I'm head of, you know, business development or whatever it is at either one of those places, that's the move that I would be banking on and just testing it because I do think it's going to create kind of like that what you would consider FOMO, not necessarily that that exact emotion, mm-hmm. but just like, man, I do want to see it. Like there's somebody there who's in on it that I'm mm-hmm. not experiencing it. So it makes you want to go and catch it just so you can be involved in the conversation. Versus you can uh, write that check out uh, to Mustafa <laughs> Golden Inc., Right. Um, and uh, we appreciate you because that was all him that he gave you that. I'm not even going to say Nikki or Moose. I'm going to say Moose. <laughs> all right. That was Moose that gave you that whole thing. But I just alley you it. Yummy. You get a percentage. We get a percentage. Yes. But let's talk about what everybody has been talking about this whole week and what we're going to break mm-hmm. down a little bit more. Um, which is this crypto space. Uh, Warning, we are not experts in this crypto space. We are clearly going to show you some leaders and what has been happening. So disclaimer, we're not telling you to buy no type of crypto, nothing like that. Do not blame me if you lose money. (laughs) Don't blame me. (laughs) Facts. But um, I think it, it's easy to say that everybody who's anybody has at least had a conversation about crypto. We've been 100%. big about talking about the NFTs and kind of hinting at it and everything like that. But with what happened uh, this week, which we'll get into, everybody is talking about crypto and wanting to know more about it, Right. And I have a clip of somebody who is hilarious to me, hip hop legend, now going to make a whole series called Crypto Culture. Uh, None other than Jim Jones. Let's check this out. Inside the crypto community was a very, very, very big day. A company by the name of Coinbase did an IPO that was valued at $86 billion. That's right, $86 billion. Huge. This totally legitimizes the crypto world. So if you had any doubts if this money was real, if it was witchcraft we're doing, or if it's a host, no, it's for real. The currency can be spent. You better get you some. Shout out to Nas, who was very early at investing. He's probably one of the forefathers in our hip-hop culture when it comes to investing and seeing things through. And since we're talking about Nas, it only is right to show... Mm. And for all our audio listeners, I have a quick article that says Nas early coin bull. Blah, blah. Um, mm. <laughs> Nas early Coinbase investment could reportedly net him a hundred million dollars. Queen's kid, Queen's right? kid, and um. That was early on. That was before Coinbase went public, right? And they were 
assuming that it would open up at 250. I think it opened up around 300 and something. So we're looking at the high hundred millions, almost to 200 million uh, that uh, Nas just woke up to. Mm -hmm. And another um, surprising investor was Kevin Durant. He invested in 2017 in Coinbase, and he's getting a couple of million as well, which is crazy, crazy. But the reason why um, I wanted to talk about this, for one, everybody's talking about it, right? Coinbase, for those people who don't know what Coinbase is, it is a platform that you literally can buy crypto from. Right. Um, everything from uh, Bitcoin to Ethereum to a whole bit Litecoin, a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Um, and everybody is starting to get familiar with it, not only because some of the thought leaders that we have has been talking about crypto and has invested in crypto and things like that. Everything from Mark Cuban to Elon Musk to clearly Nas, Jim Jones, like there's still a lot of people that Kevin Durant, people that we look at as being gurus and top of their lane, now getting into a whole new, um, just new currency, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not, we're not going to go too, too much into what crypto is and all that great stuff. I really want to break down how dope Nas is an, as an investor. Yeah. Like, I don't, I think people sleep on Nas, uh, clearly not from a rapper standpoint, but from a businessman standpoint, he's not a big talker in the public, but there are certain things that he's done uh, and, and I'm about to show you that you didn't think he was involved with. Like, I found out, let me put this up real quick. I found out he was part of Dropbox very early. That was like one of his very first ones, right? I'm like, Dropbox, what? I use that every day. Are you serious? Mm. This is crazy, right? Um... Genius makes sense. Genius does make sense. But, like, you got Ring, which it was like rumbles that he made a lot of money in Ring when that got yeah. sold, right? Lyft, huge. Um, Pluto TV, uh, Seat Geek, just some of the stuff for all our audio uh, listeners. We have it up on YouTube, just some of the... Uh, investments that he's done with his uh, Queensbridge Venture venture Partnership. Oh, partners. I can't even talk. What is wrong with me? <laughs> um, I can't talk. But Moose, how are you? How are you feeling about uh, this Queens, Queens guy making yeah. a whole bunch of money, investing in a whole bunch of money, and is really in this uh, tech world as well as just a really serious investor that doesn't get enough props. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, the first thing, definitely, like you said, Queens kid, right? Like that, that's so dope. Like we talk a lot about people when they do something, they serve as an example 
for people of that demographic or that generation. You're talking about somebody who literally is from the pretty much the same borough or very same neighborhood that we grew up in that I still drive by towards this day. Like, you know, that definitely gives you a different type of feel or connection to what's possible. And I definitely think that's a starting point to everything. It's like, man, the idea of just envisioning for yourself, like, you too can do this. The second part that I think is just as important is, of course, the concept of being an early adapter, right? Like, that is so big. Like, you know, we look at some of these companies right now and you think like, oh, man, like, I missed out on my shot. I missed out on Apple. I missed out on Google. I missed out on, you know, all of these different companies. But there's still stuff happening today that if you were to just devote yourself develop the discipline to read a little bit, do a little research, really just kind of continue to make your connections to figure out where is the marketplace shifting? What are the trends? What are the gaps? And what are some of the people who are positioning themselves as potential solutions to these things? You can be one of those early investors in the next Apple or Google. So when I look at a Nas right now and the way he's moving, again, similar example, one part of his career finished, which is the music. And I wouldn't say finished because I'm sure... I think there's talks of him putting out an album with Khaled. Uh, I, I don't know if that did it come out already or what? Did I, I did I mess I that know. up? He, I think he's still okay. on his Grammy win. I think he's still okay. <laughs> I think he's still on his Grammy yeah. win over here. Fair enough. Fair enough. But my point is, he let's just say he's not as dedicated to the music as he once was. At least from what it appears mm-hmm. to be, he's now putting out albums regularly. Don't but need to when you're making a hundred million dollars. Hey, I ain't mad at him. What? I ain't mad at him for real. I ain't mad at him. Would stop but, rap. I would not yeah. rap no more. I gotta think. I gotta- unless it's a yeah, unless it's a true true passion. So I ain't mad at it. I need to get to that but, part. When I tell you, I need to get. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't optional. get to that part. Optional. Just, you know me and the options, right? I just, yeah. I want the option to do this. I want the option to do that. My man woke up and was like, oh man, Coinbase went public. Oh, that's, that's a hundred mil right there. Oh, that's okay. All right. I and got the, it. And the key thing here is an extra hundred mil, you know, not to mention... You know what I'm saying? Like some of the stuff beforehand. So, oh, it's an extra. I got an extra hundred today. Yeah. Facts. That's cool. Facts. I, I, yeah. Hold on. Let's like, let's look Major. at some of this stuff again. Like, yeah. okay, we got Pluto TV. I'm, I'm going to read it for our audio people, right? Pluto TV acquired by Viacom uh, for $34 million. Pill Pack acquired oh, by 340. Amazon. 340. What did I say? 34. That's okay. It's oh, my bad. Three, $340 million. Thank this is this is why I have him, okay? Because I'm not I'm I'm not all there. But um pill pack acquired by Amazon for one billion dollars. Ring acquired by Amazon. Amazon got a lot of money. All right. Let's, let's put this. Two uh, acquisitions Am- at a billion. Right. Amazon for another one billion dollars. Dropbox market cap. At $9.3 billion. Genius valued at $1 billion. Lyft valued at $23 billion. SeatGeek valued at $1 billion, right? Um, he's also has, and you'll see in the um, in the clip too, he's done like Casper. And there's a whole bunch of things that he's involved with. And I'm like, 
Oh yeah, you you good. And I know yeah. you have restaurants back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it yeah. Sweet Pea or something like that? I forgot what it's called. But he has restaurants as well. He had Bezel. Bezel was really uh, huge. Um, he just has a lot of stuff that. It's dope. The it's fact dope. that he did come back with an album, right? Because he's been investing since like 2013 or something like that with Queensbridge uh, Ventures, right? So um, the fact that he still came out with music and won a Grammy. Mm-hmm. I'm. Anyways, let's dope. get into what would get him to invest. Let's talk about that. Something about it has to make me think that this can be really impactful. If I'm recording, say, with a Dr. Dre or something, I know there's some impact in that. So I look at investments sort of the same way, but there's some things out there that are just getting started that I, that I believe in. Uh-huh. And I, I look at it and I give it a shot. So simple. So simple. And I did um, look at what they offer these like startups. And they they say from like 100K to 500K is what they would give one of these these startups. I'm like. That's crazy. Okay. So there is like, depending how dope you are, you either get this or this. You don't get the million. You don't get to, like you get this or this, right? I think that's really like that. That makes you think. I don't know. If that makes you think. That makes me think. Makes me think. Like, okay, if I get first off, I have to find a really, really dope thing that's going to give me just like a hundred, three hundred, five hundred k off of just like one night kind of thing. Like how they do with the clubs and everything. They walk out with like 10K, 80K, and that all equals up after a while. Let me do that for a week. I can have a good amount, right? Um, Why don't we come up with our own little venture thing, right? Mm. See? See? Because all we saw was we start here. We start with this amount. And then... You could get the highest of 500K. So that's with somebody who has a whole guap of money, right? But there's still startups that still need something to go, right? And so maybe we're like not Queensbridge, but we're like Elmhurst, East Elmhurst Ventures. Like, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love it. And we start off with this to that. Don't ask me what this to that is, because like I said, I got to get more money, people. Good start. Got to get more money, people. Good start. Um, and but he makes that look possible. He makes that like okay, I made this amount of money from my one thing, right? And I'm dedicating uh, to help startups. By just giving this amount, you know, um, and at the end of the day, it has to be impactful. I mm. have to see like nothing that I do doesn't impact like it, it just has to make sense with that. Not necessarily. And I love what he said about it, because it's not necessarily about money. 
But if yeah. you can master the impact side, money is going to come. 100%. 100%. I think that's actually a good way to know whether or not you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Like if you start off thinking about something, you're like, man, we're going to make so much. It's like, just stop. It's mm-hmm. like, they just know, know that you're in it for the wrong reason. You might as well pull back. Because I think now, and I'm sure you feel the same way, and many people who have, you know, tuned into the show and the podcast throughout the year and really have just like watched what's happened around this whole period of the pandemic, right? Yeah. With the stimulus bailouts, uh, with NFTs, with the crypto, uh, with the stock market, with real estate. Literally, there are so many vehicles or avenues to make ridiculous amounts of money mm-hmm. that it's not so much... The question isn't so much about, man, is it even possible that I can have financial freedom or financial wealth? That's not the question anymore. It's about where do I want to dedicate energy and time so that I can enjoy the fruits of the labor that come from behind it. So that's my point. Like even just around money, it's like really in 2021 with as much free game as that's been available on the Internet, the question shouldn't be about money anymore. It really is. For those who are listening or watching, it's like, man, what is it for you that you would dedicate your time to? So when, not if, but when you make your Don't money, you can enjoy the fruits of your labor. Yeah, that's that's so huge. There's so much money out there. like Huge. So huge. much. Yo, and-, can, and that's crazy. Let me just tell you real quick from, and shout out to the flight assessment for this. We haven't talked about it in a bit. But just my air traffic control, I'm looking at the... The, the graph that you had up with all the different like numbers, mm-hmm. just on that graph alone, there's $36.7 billion. You know, 36, and I'm just like, and, and what, you, you, you're tripping on making an extra six figures? Do you think if you made an extra $250,000 that the economy's gonna feel it? Like, oh my God, so, somebody from... Uh, Jackson Heights just took an extra $250,000 home. It really impacted the economy. It's nothing. It's nothing. It really makes you rethink, like, what's possible, what's money, you know, and the importance of it. 37, just nearly $37 billion just on that chart alone for one person. I'm just saying, people, where's, where's your... Uh, Hundred million dollars. Where's mm. when, when are you gonna yeah. wake up and make a hundred mil? I mean, a little bit over a hundred mil. Just cause, just cause you thought that thing was gonna be impactful. Just cause you had a little hunch about something and you weren't stingy with your money. Some are stingy. I'm just saying. But um, this next clip makes me really uh, go over the whole we overthink things. Mm. Like some things are just, as we're going along with this podcast, I'm like, man, we're thinking like this whole success formula is so complicated. We think we have to actually work a lot harder or these different gems are like hidden somewhere. And it's like, when you start hearing things over and over again, it's like, Uh, really? That's, that's what you value. That's what, so 
For those people who think they have to be very business minded to get into investments, to like know everything about charts and stats and uh, all these different things that I don't know about that probably Moose knows all about. And I have no clue because I care less. Uh, listen and watch this. I remember when we were analyzing whether we should invest in Casper, it's uh-huh. a mattress company um, based in New York. And we were all sitting there like, yeah, it's a mattress company. Yeah. Like, you know, just shooting. Right. And this was very early before they had a penny uh-huh. in sales. Uh-huh. And Nas was like, yo, it comes in a box. It could fit in the back of your car. That's <laughs> dope. No one's doing that. And we we're like, oh, you're right. All right, fine. Let's do it. Like, it was like, that's the, he gives the thing. Like, we're sitting here like, like, like analyzing, going through the business plan. And I'm, we're all, you know, we're all talking business school talk nonstop, going back and forth. And we're completely overlooking the things that consumers care about the most. And that's, his, that's been a tremendous value to us. Yeah. And um, as, as someone who's consistently thinking business, I have a guy who's thinking about the little guy who actually has to dig in his pockets to buy the product. Right. Hmm. Moose. Yeah. I, it, key thing right there he said, right? Uh, he's able to think about the consumer person digging in their pockets to actually fund or determine whether or not that particular business is going to be successful. So I do love that part of it. It's like, yo, the simplicity of it is, okay, let's think about the people who are actually going to use this product and let's think about what their experience or what their life is going to be like as they engage with, you know, this business model or this, this product that we're putting out there. So I love that because it's true. When you think of it on the flip side of it, you might start to immediately race to all of the challenges or all of the things that can possibly go right that are very technical or practical concepts. And you overlook the most simplest thing of, okay, what is that process like for the end user? What what is their life like? Do they actually need it? Like, give you an example. We were talking with uh, people in the energy space about with the increase of cars like Tesla and like just electric cars, do you think that at some point we're going to see gas stations replaced with electric charge stations? Mm. It's like, oh, wow, that's such a great idea. And like minds start racing. But then you got to start thinking about it. Well, the convenience of having a Tesla is that for some people you can charge at home. Yeah. Like there's, and I was like, before you even race to saying, Yes, it's going to happen. Let's invest all of our money and our time there. Talk to someone with the Tesla and ask them about what they do for a charge. So as I listen to this clip, it's exactly that, right? It's the person who maybe lives in New York City, who takes the subway and the train and the bus everywhere. They don't have a big truck to take the mattress, you know, whatever. And they could just buy the mattress and get it on the subway with them and take it home. So it's like, it's little things like that that I think about that it's like, yo, those are, in reality, those are the things that determine whether or not a business is really going to take off or not. And it, it, it's great when you hear that coming from, you know, just experienced people, even Nas, that you can still get a seat at the table by contributing some of the smallest things, right? Simply saying, yo, what about this right. box in the trunk? It works. That's cool. Yeah. And, and I would say um, from just a simple standpoint, I think... We look at it, first off, 
let me say, I think Nas was either a flight attendant or a grounds crew if he cares about the people. I'm just saying, mm. I don't know what it is. I like that. It's a good, I'm, yeah. I can't, I can't fully break it down just because there's not a lot of interviews. So it's hard to, mm-hmm. but yeah. the fact that he was saying, yo, we have somebody, and for those who don't know, that was uh, Nas's uh, co-founder of the Queensbridge um, Ventures Partners. But to to find value in somebody who thinks about the people is what I really want to focus on because business in itself is very intimidating. But the great thing is even how we talk about the flight assessment, if you don't know what that is, flightassessment.com, flightassessment.com, flightassessment.com. <laughs> I'm just saying. But um, even how we speak about the flight assessment where you kind of need all four to make something run. And clearly we're talking about a business here. So you're going to need somebody who's analytical and looking at the business stuff. You're going to need somebody who's driving and gets the results. You're going to need somebody who cares about the people and what they need and what the consumers uh, have been asking for. And then you're going to need the people who are patient and is all about the support and holding it down with the processes, right? So the fact that you, when you're thinking about investments and you're thinking about jumping into business, you don't have to be so intimidated by, I need to know about a business plan. I need to know about charts and stats and everything like that. You could just literally think about what do people need? Mm. Cause in that clip, it was like, yo, that's dope. Fold that thing up, put it in a box. We could bring it all over the place. That's what people need. And he's like, oh, my God, that makes so Mm -hmm. much sense. Let's invest. Right. You're right. No one else is doing that. Why? Because the people who are thinking only business are looking at how much has it made so far? What are the projected sales? All that great stuff. They're thinking about numbers and remove themselves from the emotional ta- uh, attachment, right? Whereas there always needs to be somebody with the pulse of the people. And so it makes sense that he can invest in a, in a Coinbase. It makes sense that he invests in Ring for the safety of the people. Yeah. You know, it would make sense for him to invest in um, genius, which sometimes, well, all, actually all the time, does lyrics on on the songs and everything like that and does different programming about the breakdowns of different songs because he's an artist and he knows people would always wonder about these backstories and the lyrics, right? Um it would make sense to invest in Dropbox because we need a cloud solution to save all this new files and footage and all that. It's great to be that people person if you are that. And you can get into investing and you can start a business and you can be very successful just by being that. 
Because if yeah. you partner with somebody who thinks about the opposite, you're going to value them and they're going to value you. Like for me, hearing that, being the people person, right? I'm like, oh, I could be a Nas. Okay, mm, that's cool. Yeah. I could be like, the people don't want that. I'd be like, really? Right. Oh, okay, fine. That's cool. Be like, oh, that that cleans my hat in like three seconds? Let's get that. Oh, because hats get dirty. Oh, my God. Like, so I think there is a space and room for everybody in this investing situation. You just got to find out what your thing is, right? Like you said, for him, it's more about the impact than the money, which makes sense because he's a people mm-hmm. person. Yeah. So that makes more sense when I say it out loud now, right? Yeah. But I, I, I really wanted to highlight that part because it was just so simple. Okay, we invested in something because there's nothing that's doing this. And it folds up and you, it's mobile. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. like, light bulb, let's go. Let's do that. Boom, boom, boom. I should have seen how much Casper is, is worth now, right? But um, it is it is interesting that each one of his investments, and not saying this is the crazy thing. Don't think that we're saying that everything that a Jay-Z, a Nas has invested in all worked, right? But the ones that have worked have worked really big, extremely Big. But mm. what what I like is should everybody who is that successful have a venture capitalist thing? Jay-Z has one. Nas has one. Um Chameleonaire became one. Yeah. That's somebody we still have to talk about. Right? Like if people come up to you all the time, clearly uh, we're not there yet, but we will. Um, people come up to you all the time about startups, right? Is that the time to be like, hmm, I should, I should look into that. I should, mm. should invest mm. in that. Mm. Take, yeah, consider it. Because, mm. yeah, you know. The three of y'all, what y'all doing today? Let's make this venture capitalist thingy. Let's go do that. I love and how you simplify it. It's venture capitalist thingy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of making yeah. all these other different businesses and all these different other lanes and everything like that, why don't we just take advantage of what's coming to our door? It's maximum impact, coming- too, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. If something's like, if always coming really to our door... About. How yeah. do we capitalize on that? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, and that's an, and that's yeah. anything. That's not. I'm not saying startups are literally at your door. Like, hello, I need money. That's not what I'm saying, right? But there may be something that always pops in your head. Maybe always an opportunity that continues to knock at your door. Have you capitalized on it and create a business around it? 
Yeah. Hey, side note, um, you talking with the pen in your hand, was that intentional? No. Oh, it just it just makes you look very intelligent. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to do that more often. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, yo, we're doing okay, pens all it's, day. It's doing something. Yeah, it's doing something to me. I see the, the hand movement with the pen, like, okay. <laughs> this is what it. we're doing. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, Shout yo, out to okay. people with pens. <laughs> oh, man. What? I love it. Oh Shout my out goodness. To the with the pens. Shout out to the people with the pens. You know what I mean? Um, but real quick, real quick announcement. Tuesdays, YouTube, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5? What are we? What are five, That's it, 5 5 p.m. West Coast time. West Coast. YouTube, live every single Tuesday. Please go check us out. All that great stuff. And continue to follow us on all social media channels. Shout out to all our Instagram people. Uh, you got us to 2,000 followers. That was y'all. Appreciate it. Um, come holler at us on Facebook. Come holler at us on Twitter. All that great stuff. We there. We there too. You know what I mean? Come holler at Check us. Check us out. Yeah. Um, so, so, so what are you going to invest in, uh, Moose? What are you going to invest like I'm trying to get the I'm trying to get the scoop, people. I'm trying to get the scoop. <laughs> I'm gonna try for y'all to see what else uh, I can lo, do. Lo, lo, so. Yeah, what are you gonna invest in? Uh are, are we are we thinking about crypto? Are we going into more stocks? Are you going to have a venture thingy? What are, what are you doing? Are you doing another business? What are you doing, Moose? Um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of things happening. No, I think um, definitely the immediate future. Uh, the immediate future is uh, stocks and crypto. Yay! And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and then uh, some other things down the line for sure that I think will include what you've what you've mentioned. Because I think my heart is to build uh, like a what I call socioeconomics. Right? It's like mm-hmm. this. It's like a, a people-driven business, and the business is built on the people it serves. So it, it, it's like a, a very, yeah, it's a very like personal drive that I have that I, I want to get back to. But immediately I'm like, okay, you know what? There's opportunity in this space because it's just one of those bases that everybody needs to have regardless of where you're at. So I'm like, okay, let's double down in this area, keep doing what we're doing here, and then when the time comes for that, well, uh, I'm sure you'll be a part of it. So it's not like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like you're going anywhere. <laughs> he said, yeah, me. <laughs> That'd be me. Yeah. That'd be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I try to get the scoop. Of course, I can get all details, but I got something. Low some, low some. Getting a little bit more and more of Moose people. I'm trying here. I'm trying to get like the spontaneous answers and everything like that because I already understand this about our show. Uh, we really don't go over anything, okay? <laughs> really? Now, granted, no shade, no shade whatsoever. We're not as bad as S2S podcast that just jumps on and then they randomly talk about a topic, right? And the only person who knows is see, not not doing that. Right, We're not right, that random, right? right? Yeah, However, yeah. Um, the real true, like, the details of what we're going to be talking about, that's never, I'm already catching him in a spontaneous vibe. He's already yeah. spinning bars. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, if I'm in, get you in that mood, 
what about this? He'd be like, nah, you're pushing it. I'd be like, oh. Right, right. Got to keep it protected, you know? Got to keep it protected. I tried, I tried, people. I really did. I really did. But um, that's episode 29, right? Um, man, we're already almost at 30. This is almost at 30. crazy. Cra- almost and, at 30. And I don't know if I announced it here. Uh, we made over 20,000 downloads of the podcast. Mm. Let's go. Let's That's go. huge. That's huge. Big Shout Boston. out to all our new listeners, old listeners, mediocre listeners that kind of listen to us once in a while. You may not even be listening to this ending, but we love you. All that great stuff. Continue to leave us us reviews and all that great stuff. Uh, Moose, final words. Yeah, just know that I think this episode serves as proof that regardless of who you are, what you do, you can have a seat at the table as long as you know what you do. Right? Like Nas knows that he really what he what he's able to contribute is understanding what the people need all right so and he has a seat at the table as a result of that so you too can have a result at the, ta- at the you can have a seat at the table just by knowing what you have and what the people need